This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads at our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Uh, this is a very broad subject, isn't it? How to live our lives. I could really talk about anything um, from the Bible, um, which in some ways is a, is a good thing, because um, I get to talk about what I feel is important. Uh, but in another way, it's quite a challenge, really, to, uh, to focus our minds. I want just to go first through, first of all, how I'd like us to look at this subject. So, first of all, I'd like to ask the question... Do we have free choice? Because if we don't have free choice, we don't have free will, then there's not a lot of point, really, me telling you what the Bible says about how to live your life, because you're not going to have a choice anyway. You're going to do whatever, you, if you're a robot, you'll end up doing what you want to do. So we need to establish, do we have free choice? I think that's important. Then I'd like us to look at some examples from Genesis about what, how men and women behaved, given that free choice. Uh, and we'll think about some Old Testament characters very broadly, have a look at a few individuals. Then we'll bring our thoughts to the Lord Jesus Christ, who I believe is the role model for us all to follow after, how we should live our life. And then we'll, we'll finish by thinking, well, how much of a challenge is that for us today, in our world today? So, do we have free choice? Um, do we have free will to do... To choose right and wrong, to choose whether we do certain things or not. And I believe that is the case. Let's open our Bibles, please, at Genesis chapter 2. And here we've got, of course, the account of creation. And I just want to really pull out here in this um, passage. Did Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, did they have free will? Did they have a free choice in how they behaved in their lives? Or... Did God dictate? Did he make them do things? So Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. And here we've got the scene is the Garden of Eden. God has created the world. And this isn't a garden as we know it, um, you know, in our back gardens. This is more of a couple of countries the size, probably the fertile crescent, Mesopotamia. Um, the Garden of Eden. And it's an absolute paradise. Everything is described in the early chapters of Genesis as very good. If we have a look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So Adam was given here a charge to, to be a farmer, to be a gardener of, in this Garden of Eden. And look at verse 16. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. So there's a couple of words I'd just like us to focus on here. Um, God is giving, giving a commandment, so there's certainly um, God is setting down his rules, his laws, his commandments. But does he, does he make Adam and Eve um, keep these commandments? He says, doesn't he, in verse 16, of every tree of the garden. Every tree. Now imagine every tree that's... A, that has fruit and vegetables. What a wonderful, generous offer this is from the God of creation. So there's a, there's a freedom in, in being able to eat of all of these fruits. And then he says, Thou mayest freely eat. 
So here's, here's a generous, kind, loving God giving Adam and Eve um, freedom to eat all, any of the fruits of the trees. But then in verse 17 we have but, but. So we have uh, a caveat, don't we? But of the one tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you will surely die. So to me, God gives a commandment here, but it's still a free choice for Adam and Eve. They can either decide to obey God and live and be blessed, or they can disobey God and they'll be cursed. They will have to live with the consequences of it. Well, being human beings, Adam and Eve, they decide eventually, we don't know how long it took, but they disobeyed God's commandment, didn't they? In chapter 3, if we have a look there in verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Well, that was right, wasn't it? Verse 3, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. So again, that was right. That's what God had laid out the rules and they had a choice, a free choice. And unfortunately, the serpent in verse 4 says to the woman, you shall not surely die. So that, that was a lie, wasn't it? And the woman, Eve, in verse 6, she, when she saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband Adam with her and he did eat. So here we've got human beings given the choice of how to live their life and they disobey God and that's what we know to be human nature is when we're given a choice some of the time we may choose to obey some of the time we may disobey God so we do have Adam and Eve had free will there didn't they to follow God's commandment or not to follow it to obey or to disobey um, just come over please to Deuteronomy now if we come through Exodus and the Numbers Leviticus, Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy and past chapter 28 which of course is a list of blessings and cursings blessings if, if it, the children of Israel obeyed God curses if they disobeyed God and we come to chapter 30 and I just want to examine the language here very briefly of how God deals with the nation of Israel here because he doesn't make men and women do things we have free choice so in Deuteronomy 30 verse 11 for this commandment which I command thee this day God says these commandments these rules which I command thee this day it is not hidden from thee neither is it far off God is saying look this is clear this is simple these commandments you, you can understand and you can choose to do right or wrong verse 12 it is not in heaven that you should say well who will go up for us to heaven and bring it down to us that we may hear it and do it Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. So here, that's an interesting idea, isn't it? That God says, I've not, I've not set these rules up in the heavens where you know only the elite 1% are going to go and find out what, what it is. Or it's not across the sea where you need to be a great explorer to go and find these, these rules and these commandments. No, verse 14, the word is very nigh to you, it's clear to you, in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. So God is a fair God, he's a kind God. He gives us his rules and we, we can choose to obey them or, or to disobey them. Now look what he says in verse 15. See, I have set before you this day life and good, 
and death and evil. So God says, look, here's life. Follow me, believe me, obey me. That's life and good. And on the other hand is disobedience, which will lead to death and to evil. And he says in verse 16, And that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and keep his commandments and statutes and judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord thy God will bless you in the land where you're going to possess it. Um, And in verse 19, finally, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou, you and your seed may live and that you may love the Lord your God. So the God of the Bible, what the Bible teaches us about how we live our lives, we have free choice. God says, I've set before you this day life and death, and uh, blessing and cursing and choose life choose it's a choice so I think it's fair to say that in the Bible God describes himself and reveals himself as a God who gives us free choice free will we're not just we're not just doing things um, robotically because it's um, God's will that we do things we have free choice we have free will so then how do we use the Bible then to help us in our lives to live well, just come over, please, to Psalm 119. The best way I could describe it is the Bible can be our guide. When we have these choices between right and wrong, the Bible can be our guide, can help us discern right from wrong. It can, it can guide us. It can be a torchlight in a dark world. And that's exactly what this psalm talks about. In fact, every, every verse of this psalm, and it's a, a very long psalm, isn't it, um, of 150 verses, sorry, 176 verses, um, every, every verse refers back to the word of God, to the principles, the laws, the precepts, the teaching of God, his commandments. Uh, and it really, this psalm is a celebration of all that's good about God's word. But we just want to have a look down in verse 100 and... Well, let's start in verse 97. This really just teaches us about the word of God, how it can be, how valuable it can be to us in our lives and how to live. Verse 97. Oh, how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies. Verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Listen to this in verse 100. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. So we can be be considered as uh, cleverer than Plato or Aristotle or the, the ancients just by reading this book because it will guide us, it will direct us, it will help us uh, in our lives how to live. Verse 104, through thy precepts, through your laws, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. And 105, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. So really, that's a good thing to remember in our lives, that we can use this book, God's words to us in the Bible, of, uh, as a lamp, as a, a light, as a torch in a dark world to give us direction in life. Uh, when we have to make choices because we do have free choice so then let's think about some examples in the bible um, how did 
How did men and women then respond to this free choice that God gives us? Uh, that's Cain killing Abel. Um, one of the masters there has depicted that um, incident. Let's come back. Um, well, let's, let's first of all think about um, why did God create man in the first place? And we're not going to go into detail here, but God created men and women to reflect his character, to, to be like him morally i'm talking about now so when we come then to exodus to genesis sorry if we come back to genesis what do we find do we find that men and women reflected the character of god morally well it's quite a a brutal introduction to the bible if you um, haven't read these stories before come back please to genesis and chapter four we're not going to go into detail here but this this is the really early stages of our Bibles, and in Genesis 4, we've got the first murder. And we read about this in Genesis chapter 4, and in verse 2, we've got Adam and Eve bearing his brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of the sheep, so he was a shepherd, and Cain was a tiller of the ground, he was a farmer. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat or the best thereof. And the Lord had respect to Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And of course Cain isn't happy with this situation, he thinks his offering was just as good, and he gets angry with the fact, he gets jealous with the fact that Abel, his brother, his sacrifice, was, his offering was accepted. And verse 8, the consequences, Cain talked with Abel his brother. It came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. So here we've got a perfect example really of what does the Bible say about how to live our lives? Well, Abel, he followed God. He followed God's commandments and he was found acceptable. Cain, on the other hand, he was jealous. He was angry. He was envious of his brother and he ends up murdering him. Now, we're in chapter 4 of Genesis, um, and we might say, well, you know, some of these early families in the Bible, what, what an example they are. Just turn over now to chapter 6, and unfortunately it gets far worse, because here we are in the days of Noah. Let's just have a very brief description of the days of Noah in verse 5 of chapter 6. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, than that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented God that he had made man on the earth. And again, if you have a look in verse 11, the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And of course, God is going to send the flood. So here we are just in Genesis in chapter six and we've got a violent, corrupt and a wicked world. Um, so the Bible teaches a lot about how to live our lives it tells us what human beings are really like it tells us that we can be murderers we can be jealous, we can be envious we can be as here the whole world wicked and corrupt and violent and God gives us that free choice he gives us that free will and it's up to us to how we respond and left to ourselves this is probably where we would end up now we do read about other characters in the Old Testament, don't we? Certainly in Genesis, we think of Noah, we think of Abraham and Joseph. 
great examples of people who lived really good lives of faith and of trusting God and who obeyed God's laws. Um, um, so we've got good and bad examples to follow. So let's move on now to think about maybe some of the rest of the Old Testament. Um, and we've got some of the commandments there on the screen. God gave to his people laws to live by, rules to live by. The Ten Commandments that we all, uh, we all should know, um, probably repeated at school at some point. I'm not so sure about today. Um, but God gave his people laws and rules to live by, didn't he? Um, many of which form the laws of the land today in which we live. Unfortunately, many of these laws are being eroded, aren't they? Such as, honour your father and mother, or do not covet, do not commit adultery. You know, the, moral, uh, the morals of this Western world are steadily eroding away these laws and these commandments. But God gave them in the first place to help people live their lives in a way which was, was right. I put tyrants and dictators there. Well, we can read of some great examples in the Bible of, of tyrants like King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who was, a, who was a tyrant, who was a dictator, who chose to live his life um, oppressing people. Think of the pharaohs that we read about in, in Genesis, who abused their power, who were manipulative. Um, think of Haman in the book of Esther. You know, there was a man whose power went to his head. So we've got examples in the Bible of characters who, given free choice, live their lives. And many of them are, are, are bad examples. Um, when we think about this, if you were writing, if you were putting the Bible together, if you were deciding, well, I'm going to write a book here that's going to teach, um, you know, describe how I want people to live, would you, would you have included all of these bad examples? That's an interesting question to ask because really I think it gives us some, some integrity and some authority to the Bible that it's real, that it describes people as they really are. We have free choice and we can live our lives and we have good examples and we have bad examples. So we come to the kings of Israel and we won't look at these um, in detail at all but there are some inspirationally good kings of Israel and of Judah. Think of King David or King Hezekiah and King Josiah. But then there are some equally bad kings of Israel, like Manasseh and King Ahab. And God has put these characters in our Bibles for us to read about and to learn from. To obviously look at the bad examples and not be like them, and to look at the good examples and to try and be more like them. But really what he's giving us is principles of behaviour. In fact, after many of the kings of Israel are described, there's a sort of... Um, sort of a divine comment whether how they live their lives um, wh whether they follow God or not so let's move on now to look at the Lord Jesus Christ because here was a man um, who superseded all of those good examples um, of course there were great role models in the Old Testament we think of people like David and Daniel women as well like Ruth and Rahab um, and like Abigail but there was one man in whom God really wanted us to look at, to be like. And of course, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to just have a very brief look. If you can just turn over now to Matthew, please, in chapter 5, which we read together a small section of. 
Because what Jesus really did was come along and challenge the, the laws, those Ten Commandments that we read, that we've briefly thought about. He really challenges us to get into the principle of those commandments, not the letter of the law. And of course, many Jews, and we know, don't we, even today, many Jews are, very, are sticklers, aren't they, for the letter of the law. That's not really what God had intended. He wanted uh, us to look at the principles in those commandments and to live them in our lives, not just to obey them so we could tick them off a list. So when we come then to Matthew in chapter 5, and we read these uh, Beatitudes, didn't we? Blessed are they, this kind of behavior that we can be like, and there are certain rewards here, aren't there? Um, if we're poor in spirit, then we, get into God, we may uh, be accepted into God's kingdom. Verse 4, blessed are they that mourn, they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So there's certain qualities here that Jesus says, this is how we should live our lives. This is how I want you to live and be like. And some of these are quite challenging in themselves, aren't they? To be a peacemaker, to be merciful. We don't find these things easy as human beings. But what I want us to concentrate on is what Jesus then goes on to say. Because it's really important this. Because Jesus, he's seeming to say, here are some laws and commandments, but I want you to go, I want you to go further. I want you to be, go to the extra mile. But first of all, let's have a look at verse 17. Jesus says there, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I come not to destroy but to fulfill. So Jesus says, I've come to fulfill all those things that you read about in the Old Testament, in the law. So all those laws, I'm here to fulfill them. Um, and in the prophets that you read about me. Verse 19, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But Whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So that's, a, that's a, quite a profound statement to make. Whosoever shall do and teach these commandments shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So we've got to do God's commandments. We've got to live them, not just read them and say, yeah, we agree with them. Live them in our lives. But then Jesus goes on to say, and you could probably see these in each of your paragraphs in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said by them of old time. In other words, in the Old Testament, in the law, you read this. This was the law. Verse 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old time. Again. Well, what are some of these things? Well, verse 27. You've heard that it was said by them of old time. In other words, in the law, in the Old Testament, you shall not commit adultery. So there's the law, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Do not commit adultery. That's how we're to live our lives. But look what Jesus says now. Verse 28, I say unto you that whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So this is a whole new level, isn't it, of behaviour. You know, we want, to, we want to think about what does the Bible say about living our lives. Well, here there are laws and then there's the principle of the law. And there's an extra level to some of these ideas. Jesus says, if you look upon a woman, you have committed adultery in your heart. What about verse 38? It, you've heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In other words, in the law, somebody poked your eye out or um, knocked your teeth out. Then you were entitled to go and do, do the same to them. 
Now look what Jesus says in verse 39. I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. So here's another level, isn't it? Here's the law and the command which is fair and right. Now Jesus says, you've got to go one step further. And turning the cheek, I don't know if you've ever you know, experienced this. This is a hard thing to do, isn't it? That when somebody offends you, or hurts you, or assaults you, whatever it is, you say, you know, I, I can take this. Um, and you turn the other cheek. That's a hard thing to do. So Jesus is really challenging us here to take God's laws and God's teaching and to go a step further. One final one, verse 43. You have heard that it has been said, you shall love your neighbour and hate your enemy. Well, that's, that's fair enough, isn't it? Enemies are there to be hated, aren't they? You know, that's why they're your enemy. Verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now again, this is an incredibly hard thing to do, isn't it? When people um, mock us, curse us, do something that you know makes us unpopular, that we should bless them. We should do good to them. This is, this is what Jesus says, how we should live our life um, to please God. And look at, the, look at the reward in verse 45. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. So that we can be like God. We can be like God morally in his character. So I just want to um, think very briefly then about Jesus Christ himself. He was the Son of God. Did he have it easier? You know, did, did he have um, it easy in his life because he was full of the Holy Spirit, because God was his Father? Um, was it easy for him to say these things? You know, whereas we, poor human beings who struggle day to day, we find it difficult. Well, the answer is in Hebrews chapter 4. If you could just come over there, please. Was Jesus just doing these things because God made him to do these? Well, not at all. We read in Hebrews 4. And verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, which is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. So here we've got no doubt about it. This is describing the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15. We have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So we don't have a high priest who's far off, who can't relate to us. But was in all points tempted like as we are and yet without sin. So did Jesus have free will? Did he have free choice? Yes, he did. He could choose. He was a human being, tempted, just as we are, and yet without sin. What an incredible role model um, Jesus gave us. So then, let's, um, just, let's just wrap things up and come over, please, to 1 John chapter 2. Because it's important. These commandments, these teachings... They're there in the Bible to help us to live our lives in God's sight. They're to guide us and direct us and help us. And in 1 John and chapter 2, I just want to read some verses from the first five verses. It's talking in verse 1, at the end of the verse, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation that's an old fashioned word for covering he is the covering for our sins 
and not ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. So this is, this is the gospel message, isn't it? That Jesus Christ, this righteous man, is able to cover our sins. Because although we have free choice, and we can do the right things, very often we do the wrong things, don't we? And we need saving from our sins. And look at this in verse 3. Hereby do we know that we know him. In other words, if we really want to know Jesus Christ, if we keep his commandments. And then I love, I love verse 4 because it's so blunt. It's so straightforward. It's like, he's, it's like um, John is talking to you and to me. He that saith, and you, know, you can hear yourself saying this, can't you, in, the, in your mind. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. And there are many people out there, aren't they? And we can be guilty of this, of saying, well, we know Christ. We're like Jesus. But we don't keep his commandments. John says he is a liar and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. So we've got to know God's commandments and keep them. Just like Jesus was saying in Matthew 5, do these commandments. Live these, live these laws. So just to, um, just to finish off. It seems to me that we live in a world which is completely removed from some of the things that we thought about this afternoon. I mean, I like Usain Bolt, don't get me wrong. Um, but this kind of sums up um, the world in which we live, don't we? With selfie sticks and with, you know, taking selfies. We live in a selfish world, you know, where people want to be popular on social media. You know, people want us to like our, like our status or like our, what we've done. Um, we're naturally selfish and we have free choice we can choose between right and wrong and if we choose to obey God and keep his commandments we'll be blessed if we choose to disobey them then we'll be condemned and we'll, um, we'll have to suffer the consequences of that but we're all in the same boat God knows what we are like that we're human and that we, we will fail. And he, that's why he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be our saviour. So let's use the Bible as our guide to navigate, to help us discern right from wrong when we have this choice in front of us. That's as Psalm 119 says, use God's word as a light, as a lamp to guide our way. So I'll just leave you with this quote from Micah in chapter 6, which really... I, you know, I could have just left this on the screen and that would have been the talk summed up in a nutshell. Uh, but I thought that was a bit unfair. Um, this is really what the Bible has to say about how we should live our lives. He has showed you, O oh man, what is good. God has, show, God has told us in his word the right from the wrong. And what does the Lord, what does God require of us but to do justly, to be fair and to be right, and to love mercy, to be like God and to walk humbly with your God. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirtchristadelphians.org.uk. Mm-hmm.